0: Chapter 16 of That Office Boy by Francis J. Fenn, S.J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Colonel Bridwell, mindful of Christmas, acts as the dove of peace. What, what? cried the contest editor, jumping from his chair and gazing open-mouthed at the calm youth in knickerbockers? How roared Tom Jennings, backing over to the desk and leaning heavily on it. Oh. Roared the colonel, breaking into a laugh, which reached the editorial room three floors above. Why, went on the contest editor, gesticulating wildly, that knocks the whole bottom out of the contest. What do you mean by claiming one hundred eighty thousand votes, confound it? gasped Jennings. They did claim them, and you didn't like it. Now they do not, and you're madder than ever, said the colonel. Why, you ought to be glad that we do not, answered Michael. The fact is I never made any claims at all. The kids did that. They saw ten thousand marked on each box. That was a little joke of ours to stir you people up, and they just came over here roaring one hundred eighty thousand coupons till they lost their voices. Oh, I say, remonstrated the editor, don't give up without due consideration. Just think of that one thousand dollar piano. We have thought about it since last Monday, a week ago. We made up our minds then— "'There is no question of our taking it up again.' "'Oh, Lord!' cried the colonel. "'He had fallen into a chair and was shaking with suppressed laughter. "'The piano,' continued Michael, addressing himself to Mr. Jennings, "'so far as St. Xavier is concerned, is yours. "'You are welcome to it.' "'Yes, Tom,' said the colonel, rising. "'Be good enough to receive this beautiful mahogany grand piano, "'value one thousand dollars, with the compliments of St. Xavier Church.' Oh, Lord! And the colonel fell back into his chair and choked and gurgled. Suddenly, a startled look came over the face of Mr. Jennings. The telephone, quick! he cried to the editor. Catching up the receiver, he called up main twenty three. Twenty three exclaimed the colonel. How appropriate! Is this the sunflowers? Say, this is Jennings speaking. Stop buying. Don't spend another cent. What? "'You needn't worry,' said Michael sweetly. "'Since last Saturday when we came over with the fake coupons, we sold no more.' "'Do you mean to say,' cried Jennings, "'that those young ladies of that sodality have been selling us those coupons of theirs up to Saturday night?' "'No, sir, I do not. "'There wasn't a single girl in the whole sodality who knew anything about it. "'That was a little idea of Brother Fats in mine. "'A nice way to train children,' Commented the angry Sunflower, selling coupons on false pretenses. By George, Tom, put in the colonel, I never knew till now how virtuous and high minded you were. You ought to give up politics and take up Sunday school work. The school children, Michael went on to observe, didn't sell you any coupons at all, except Brother Fat, and then we had to get some outsiders, and we got them. We have been flim flammed, exclaimed Jennings. "'You got what you wanted,' returned Michael with energy. "'You laid yourself out to buy coupons. "'You asked people to sell them to you. "'You said you were perfectly willing to buy that old piano. "'Some of your men went after our best workers "'and actually tried to bribe them to sell our coupons to you. "'We took you at your word and did what you asked.' "'I think, Tom,' suggested the colonel, "'that you ought to thank this obliging boy.' "'Thank, thank,' gasped Jennings. After all, commented the colonel, you fellows have made the common mistake of the day. The popularity contest was intended to be a sport. You fellows started in to commercialize it. There will be no more popularity contests of that kind in this city for years to come. Well, assented Jennings ruefully, I reckon we did go too far. The fact is, I tried to keep the thing down, but it was no use— I want to say right here that I was dead against those fellows going after the St. Xavier workers. They did that over my head. Jennings, said the colonel, you're a good fellow. If you could only see one or two things, you'd be a good sport, too. Eh? queried Jennings. First of all, you ought to see that the joke is on you. Mr. Jennings relaxed not. The colonel took out a cigar, placed it ceremoniously between the lips of the unhappy sunflower, struck a match, and— Puff, he commanded. Here, you take one, too, he added, handing a second cigar to the distressed editor. Jennings took three puffs. The cigar was good. Ah, he exclaimed. Then the suspicion of a smile passed over his face. Do you see it? queried the colonel. The joke is on us, admitted Jennings, and his face relaxed into a smile. So it is, said the contest editor, puffing vigorously. "'One more thing,' continued the colonel. "'You've been looking at the thing from your viewpoint. "'Suppose you look at it now from Michael's. "'He saw that if he was to win the piano, "'he would have to buy it, and pay $2,000, double its value. "'He didn't have the money. "'Also, he saw that you people did have the money "'and were anxious to buy it. "'What would you have done in his place?' "'I'd have done as he did, I guess,' admitted Jennings. "'That is, if you had sense enough.' now it's coming on towards christmas and there oughtn't to be hard feelings at this time it's the time of peace and goodwill and by the same token your people are from galway continued the colonel waxing enthusiastic michael's folks are from the same place this was news to michael but that had nothing to do with this narrative young fellow exclaimed mr jennings beaming put it here bless you my children said the colonel as the two shook hands And, I say, Jennings, don't forget that the joke is on you. What size hat do you wear, Michael? Seven, sir. You'll remember that, Jennings. It's a seven. A stiff hat will look very well on him. And now we'll go around and have an oyster soup. Come on, Mr. Editor, and forget your troubles. End of chapter 16